Hello, everybody, and welcome to Your Property Podcast. Today, we've got with us Josh Keegan. Hi, Josh. How are you? I am well. How are you doing? Great. Thank you. Uh, my name is Michelle Kearns, your host for today. And today we're recording on the 26th of January 2022. So uh, great timing to be talking about our current topic today, uh, the start of the new year. And it's a lot of, um, you know, to have this focus talking about business ideas with uh, how to grow your business in property. And uh, we've, you know, it, it's a great topic to start the year off. So a bit about Josh. He is a, well, he was a chartered accountant turned entrepreneur, uh, an award-winning entrepreneur who started and scaled numerous lucrative and leveraged business property, uh, property businesses with margins in excess of 35% and time commitments of less than 90 minutes a week uh, now helps entrepreneurs to do the same thing through Ultimate FD. So uh, time commitments of less than 90 minutes a week that's quite impressive is that does that fit into the four-hour work week <laughs> I guess I guess it does I think um, yeah so that that's one of the companies that I was involved with uh which is Zest a company that primarily I was known for initially which um it was a HMO letting agency that we started scaled and then for that last, like a uh, year or so I managed to get to a place where literally 90 minutes a week that consists people will say well what were you doing in 90 minutes the reason it's so specific is that it was 30 minutes per one-to-one so you said three one-to-ones with three senior team members on a Monday. That was my, uh, and each one there would be 15, 20 minutes. So I rounded that up to 30 minutes, but one-to-one, so more like 90 minutes. Then there's the odd bit of back and forth, WhatsApp through the week, but it's all very, very leveraged, working very well. And it's a very complicated business to get right. Like I tried to do that for, I managed to get that after five years of, uh, of working hard on it. But it's, um, yeah, I, I guess the, the message is there, like no matter how complicated the company is, no matter how, uh, difficult it sounds you can get to that place where you where you have that level of leverage if you want to if you want to achieve it yeah and, and the leverage is a key message in your um you know what you do and i'm following on social media and uh, you talk a lot about that and how you can kind of implement that from day one in the business but uh do you want to just go into that a bit more about how people can use leverage to sort of scale their business because I think am I right in thinking a lot of what you do is working with people who have started and they've perhaps either got stuck or they've just created another job for themselves and they've kind of uh, overwhelmed by all the different aspects of running a property business yeah so I tend to work with people that were in the same boat as me so if I take you back on a bit of a journey when I was scaling this letting agency it was growing and growing and growing like really rapidly like you, you we knew each other about that you'd have known you'd have seen it on social media it like visibly it looked successful like this company this brand was growing growing massively like you know we were out there we were speaking you know everyone knew who we were so it was going well on the outside internally however we we had a summer where we we doubled in size and we thought like this is the silver bullet like this is gonna solve all of our problems and we Dublin sites we're finally going to be there we're finally gonna have the money to, to pay it, pay a good team we're finally gonna have profit we're finally gonna get paid for all this work and we actually started to make a loss so we actually worse off after that three three months worth of growth um than we then than, uh we thought we'd be so i was like well how how are we making a loss and i was like well let's have a look at that then and the reality is i couldn't look at it because our accounts were a mess so i was like okay i need to talk that out so it took me about 18 months to get that sorted, about 60 grand's worth of accountancy fees by paying the wrong people, get expensive consultants in that just didn't really know what they were doing. Eventually, I managed to kind of solve it myself, get an outsourced leverage finance team. 
um, and get all of that set up. And then it took me another, then we knew what the numbers were. Um, and there were some scary elements in there where we realized we hadn't been paying HMRC uh, VAT. We, we like miscalculated VAT. There were just there were holes in some of our, our accounts. Um, so we got the clarity, but the clarity wasn't necessarily a nice thing because it meant that we had these huge um, these huge debtors we need to we needed to sort. So then to me, another, I was like, well, I don't really want this. So I spent another 18 months then making the business, getting us back in the back. And also to turn it into a really profitable business. So it's very lucrative. So that would never happen again because the business would take care of itself. So in answer to your question, the people I tend to work with are the people that do did what I did. They get caught up in the hype, very excited. You know, they're entrepreneurs. They're going to grow, 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 bring on new clients, be on social media. You know, it's all very exciting. The reality is they can they can get themselves to six-figure, seven-figure revenues where, like where I was at. Yeah. And the reality is that they were not making a penny of money. So they're actually like they're actually making a loss in some cases in some cases making a thousand pound a month whatever it is nothing wrong with making a thousand pounds a month but if you're if you're generating a million pounds worth of turnover at the top you, you'd want to be making a bit more than that and they're just they're, they're trying to recruit team members they're trying to make it work but it's just not coming together and they're just stuck in this zone where they're working too much well basically they're overpaid sorry underpaid and overworked and they need to get out and they're well aware they need to recruit they're well aware they need to systemize they're well aware they need to be people in they're well aware they need clarity on the finances. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're well aware that they need to have a business model. They're well, they're well aware they need to know what a margin is. So that's where Ultimate FD comes in. And we basically kind of, we, we come in, we support them. And the the journey we take them on is go, taking it from a, I think this is the right decision. I feel like that's the right decision to financially driven uh, decisions and a financially driven business. So we stop, we stop uh, getting excited about doing things that are just for our ego or for things that we just do because we feel like it's a good idea. We saw our friend doing it and we just basically dive into the fundamentals of the business. How's this business going to make money? How's it going to be profitable? What size you need to be to make that? What teams you need to be to make that? How many hours do you want to work in there? How much do you want to draw from that company? And we put everything in place to make that happen. We build out a 12-month forecast and we say, right, this is a 12-month forecast. We need to achieve this. And it's amazing when you set a 12-month forecast, people think there's no way it's going to happen. And all of a sudden, it magically does. Because we say we need to achieve it. And our job is then to hold them accountable to actually hit those numbers month on month and, and, and monitor that progress. Yeah. It, you know, just hearing what you're saying there about the actual Latin agency that you were uh, kind of grow and doubled in size. It's, I think it's so, the story is so familiar with other people who uh, might not be a Latin agency, but it might be a rent-to-rent business, a serviced accommodation. And very quickly they you know they're, they're good at what they do and they have that success but that becomes the problem and that is what it sort of chokes them and they you know they they get stuck in their um in their own business so on that front i think it's a really really interesting point um stephen day said this and i don't know if you've ever had you know stephen is yeah. uh if you've ever had, had him on your podcast systems for outsourcing and I, and I really liked it and applied it to what i do as well in property we have recurring revenue so yes. what we mean by recurring revenue is just income that comes every single month. Now, recurring revenue actually came around the 1500s. It was like that's when it was invented, when we where basically companies were able to produce um, the first kind of printing press machines came out. So it meant that you could they could produce magazines quickly on, on scale. So it meant that people before would buy a magazine every few months. Now they can say, right, every month you can get an issue for magazines. People then sign up to these subscriptions. So all of a sudden, these companies then had these this like recurring revenue com- coming in. 
and recurring revenue is amazing if you think about it it's like you 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 make a sale once and it keeps going and like as a business it's just an incredible place to be like why, why would you not want recurring recurring revenue and recurring revenue to a lot of companies is very valuable what's unique about the world of property and the world we're in property trading business in particular is there are a lot of businesses based on recurring revenue sa maybe not so much like to a, yeah, to a level, it's got a lot of recurring costs, service accommodation, like particularly if you're on a rent-to-rent style basis. But, um, and I guess, yeah, it's pretty pretty, pretty recurring. It's a bit more um, seasonal. But your rent-to-rent strategies, your HMO strategies, your single X, your agency, uh, property management company, they're all based on this recurring revenue model, which is really good because um, well, it's, it's paradox. It's really good and it's also really bad. So it's really good from a perspective of... Um, like zest in the pandemic, for example, we didn't really struggle because for us to have struggled, we would have had to have lost so basically like 30, 40, 50% of our tenants would have had to have disappeared or stop paying their rent. The chance of that happening pretty minimal. So all that happened is everyone just sat put. There are a few extra credit problems, like credit control problems, arrears, management fees may have come down a tiny bit. The reality is it just didn't really struggle. Like it was pretty unimpacted by it. And a lot of people rent to rent companies in, in a similar boat. So money just kept coming in. That's brilliant. When you've got a team, that's really, really important. Whether on the flip, but but that was fine for Stess because we were profitable. On the flip side of that, you get people that have recurring revenue. They would almost be, they're almost trapped. And actually, if their business could just fail, it would be better for them because they would they would wind it down. They'd grow, they'd go broke, they'd declare bankruptcy, insolvency, they'd be able to wind the company down, pay off anyone they can, and then move on and start again. But what happens is People get trapped in this world where the money keeps coming in. So the business can't necessarily fail, but they're not making enough money to actually live or survive. The business is eating them alive and they, they literally can't afford any more team members. They're working 40, 50, 60 hours a week and they're just trapped because the business just keeps going. And while the business is going, they don't have the they don't have the ability to kind of say, well, hold on, this just isn't working. What am I doing? I've been doing this for I've met people that have been doing this for 10 years where they're just literally making very little money doing way too much work, still fixing toilet seats in their single-let properties. They hate everything about it, want to get out, and they can't because this recurring revenue keeps coming in. The only way they get out is sell up, and in their head, it's like psychologically, that's like a failure. Or to throw in the town and go, I just can't do this anymore. I'm just going to let the business um, fail and fold. Once again, in their head, it's psychologically, it's like, I can't do that because that's failing. So they just ended these people 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years where their business isn't failing, but the business is failing them, which is the kind of gift and the curse of, of recurring revenue. And that's why so many people, I think, in the property world are building these businesses that fundamentally don't really make them any money and they kind of trap them and, and end up eating them alive. Yeah, I, I like that you've referred to this as recurring income rather than passive income. That's uh, an important distinction because it's yeah. um, very common in this property world where people talk about passive income but as we both know there's not much passive about building a property business um, no it's, it's um somebody i think um one of, one of my mentors uh dan he, he would always say it was um managed income is probably the right term yeah like there's you can definitely leverage it you can definitely do what i did and reduce your hours like my portfolio i do spend like have a management company that manages for me and you know i, I my, my assistant reviews the the, the statements on on a on a monthly basis so i probably have 10 20 minutes per month where i'm involved but it's still managed and it's still required but sometimes i will have to increase that increase that based on what needs to be managed um etc so you can make it leverage but yes yeah, it's, it's definitely not it's never passive 
it's always yeah it's managed it's, and, and it's putting those management tools in place to manage it effectively yeah i just want to pick up on what you said about the uh, decisions and you helping people actually make the decision make the decisions and implement what they already know they need to do um so how do you do that with people when you've just said you know a lot of people they're they're stuck in that position where they don't have the time they don't have the resources to not just make the decision but actually implement the actions so uh you know how do you kind of get them to have that headspace so they they know what they want so it's the question how do you kind of get give somebody the headspace to actually take the action that they know they need to take yeah to get to where they want to be um so i think one of the most powerful um God, I, could, I could give you so much on this so one of the uh biggest learnings for me over the last few years is that everybody needs an fd and what i mean by that is fd is like finance director um but i paid a lot of fds when i was when i was you know struggling to see the wood from the trees and i was getting absolutely ripped off and really all they were doing was doing jobs that a finance manager could do there's different levels of accounts finance manager could do and they charged me a fortune to do it so when I talk about having an FD and when I talk about myself being an ultimate FD, what I mean is just somebody objective that sits above the business that can, can kind of lead you objectively and give you some objective rationale and logic over where you where you where you where the business should potentially go. And like my FD is my partner, Haley. Like she is not financially minded at all. She but if I have a problem or a challenge or a decision I need to make in the business financially if I just run it past her often she just knows the answer like that and normally I actually know the answer and I'm like yeah that, that makes so much sense but I'm emotionally caught up in the fact I oh, know I don't want to sell this property because it's the first one I ever bought and I'm and I, and I love that property yeah. and I don't want to get rid of that person because you know they've been so loyal to me in the past and you just have that objective person that you need yeah. when you combine that objective person that's something that, that understands your finances that's where the kind of magic um, magic can happen so what I'd say is if you are caught up in the noise and caught up in this space where you, sh- you know you need to take some action, you know you need to go, uh, you know you need to do something because you, you're trapped, you need to start, you need to be ready to, to hear it and you need to be ready to accept it because sometimes people come to me and they, you know, having a chat and it's like, I can just tell you're not, you don't actually want to do this. You know, you, you think you need to, but it's too uncomfortable and there's just no point. I was just going to be wasting my time and wasting yours. When somebody gets to a point um, where they're in the place where they're like, you know what, I know this needs to change. This is uh, one of my clients. She, get, she started with me about three months ago. She came to me and just said, this is just eating me alive. Like I want to move away. I've got no interest in doing this anymore. I'm exhausted. I'm earning, I won't, won't use numbers, but a very low amount for the amount of hours she was putting in for the amount of revenue that she, she was getting, getting there, getting out of the business. And she's just at the end of her tether. And she was like, I just need this to change. Like, how, do, how do you make this happen? So she was ready to let that change. And then when you, the beauty of it is, if you are at a place where you've got a level of revenue in your business already, so I'm going to say these numbers, but don't let this scare anybody off. Like if I always say about 300,000 pounds, if you've got 300,000 pounds worth of revenue coming into, into your business and, and like revenue, that term is income. So that's top level. So if you're in a HMO, for annual. example, yeah, annual revenue. So if you have a, a HMO, for example, and that's got six rooms, you're probably already at 36,000 pounds. So it's actually quite, it's quicker than you think to kind of get to get up to that level. And your business should be operating at about a 33% margin as, as like an absolute minimum. So that means you've already got the ability, if you want to, to draw £100,000 from your company, if it's structured and set up in the, in the right way. So when you realise the fact that you've probably already done all the hard work, you're already sitting on a mountain of value, 
And then somebody can come along objectively and go, right, well, this is what you need to tweak and change. And if you do that, you're going to go from where you are now in 12 months to where, where you want to be. And that's going to happen. And we're going to recruit this person. We're going to do this. We're going to bring this in. We're going to grow the business by a little bit. We're going to reduce this cost. We're going to start charging for this. And you can literally see that over a 12-month period, like how it's going to work. And then all you've then got to do is just do the actions you agreed to do in that 12 months. That's how I see people kind of move from a place of overwhelm to control. They move from a place of there's thousands of things I could be doing. Yes. When you tell them these are the five things you need to do, or not even that, this is the one thing you need to do in the next month. You need to email your clients and start charging what you should be charging for this. Or you need to just go through and, and get your management agent to renegotiate on, on your management fees or, or, or whatever, or get some kickback in place for referring to this accountant you always refer to. When you just give those people those one things, and you just break it down. And then they start to see month on month that what you said they were going to achieve actually starts to happen. It then just kind of takes on, on life its own. You see people gain that, gain that, gain that momentum really quickly. And do you find that when people come to you, they that you know they might have an idea of what the business is, and like you said, you know there were so many kind of black holes that you didn't see or you didn't understand about the business. Once they start to uncover these, they might uh, you know be positive or negative uh, cash flow, but they get a grip on what their business is actually making profit wise. Do you think they? uh it, they change what they want to do or change those uh those goals like if they find out their business isn't making all the money they think it is <laughs> yeah so i call it the massage moment so the, the fin- financial clarity it can be equated to the massage moment and what i mean by that is have you uh do you uh, michelle do you remember getting your first massage yeah <laughs> it, was it nice from the moment you stepped in there or was it a bit a bit weird and uncomfortable um oh gosh it was quite luxurious i guess but it's <laughs> a bit unfamiliar as well for, for, mo- for most people you kind of uh i remember when i had my first massage and i was really excited about this experience of, of this thing i've never had one before and i and i and i got on the on the on the on the bed put my head in that little weird hole um and then you kind of lay there and then somebody comes in they start giving you a massage and like for me, it was just it was really strange, like really uncomfortable, really odd. I didn't know if I liked it or not. And it was just like a really weird moment. And then you kind of you have that, you feel uncomfortable, it's strange. You almost want to be out of the chair, not not actually have this because it sounded like it's gonna be amazing and it's not. Then you kind of relax into it and you start to enjoy it. Like financial clarity is that you 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 get clarity over what the situation actually is for me when i was wasn't in that boat i when i got to that boat i'd like I've, I've been striving for this clarity for like 12 months 18 months finally understood what the situation was realized i owed best part of 100,000 pound to people and we'd made a load of mistakes financial mistakes so it was very uncomfortable and it's like oh, that, you know this this is very very stressful and very distressing however once you've kind of gone through that push through it you you would never want to be go back and, yeah. and i'm so passionate about it because because now it's like it, it, when you start to see it it's like it, it's just in everything every problem anybody ever has whenever you get a call and they're struggling to make a decision whenever somebody's upset because they've lost a deal or whenever somebody's not sure about how to charge you or, or whatever it can be it's any any complicated situation in business can always be worked out by just look going back to basics and just looking at the financials of the whole situation and what and what this situation is, and it's like every decision should be driven by from that place as opposed to making it emotionally and just seeing how how it how it how it reacts. So when you understand those numbers, you have budgets, you have forecasts, you understand what it all looks like and how the business is going to play out. 
all you've got to do is just use all that to drive all of the decisions you do for the year. And if you do that, it's really simple. It's actually easier because you, all the emotion comes out of it and you just do what you're meant to be doing. It's um, so yeah, getting clarity, like the massage moment, uncomfortable, and then it feels, feels brilliant. Um, and when you find out you're not making any profit, generally you can. So it's never like a disaster. It just takes a bit of time. You just got to work out the model for the business. And when you're not making profit, it's just because you've not created a business model. And that's all it is. The business model is the key to the profit. And so if you just get that nailed, profit just flows. Yeah, I, I like the uh, quote that if you are clear on your values and what you want, 99% of your decisions are already made. So, Absolutely. Uh, I've not heard that before. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's it. It's making all these decisions up front. Like we're not getting half through the end. Oh, should I buy another house? Or yeah. should I <laughs> add another client on? But like all, with all my clients at the moment, it's I basically buy the deadline is the end of March, new financial year on April. We need to have had a full 12 month forecast signed off. Everything's agreed. Like, I, I, oh, I want to do some mentoring this year. Oh, that's cool. How many clients are we getting at? What are we going to charge? When are we going to bring them on? When is all that going to happen? Great. So what are we going to spend on marketing? How's all that going to work? I want to grow the business year, this year. Okay, well, how much buy? Another answer to your question as well um, is just around how we... Are. So another, another really key point of financial clarity as well is just make sure you're building the business you actually want. What I mean by that is build it backwards. So don't go, oh, I think it'd be amazing. One of the biggest mistakes, and you hear all the time, people go, oh, I want to, I want to get, I want to get 100 rooms. I want to... Um, start a training business and, and get 50 people or you know they, they they start with this and that's always the top line that's the sales line but really we want to know what i want to know is is what do you want to draw so you know you've just had a, a new family michelle and probably more than ever you're thinking now like i've just gone through that process like i want to work as little as i can spend as much time as possible with my family and i want to draw what i i don't really care about drawing you know seven six figures a month i just want to draw what I can draw to work as little as possible to make sure I spend time with my family and we have a nice comfortable life, maybe the odd, odd luxury holiday every now and again. Um, but mainly it's about time and it's about spending good time and being able to eat out when you want to have the car you want, but nothing to excess. And it's like, one of the things that we always talk about with these businesses is you want to build them backwards. So your drawings is what we're working on first. So it's like, if you can, if you want to draw £8,000 a month, like that's your luxury lifestyle, dream lifestyle, brilliant. So how do we then, we're not going to go, oh, we want to own 100, 100 units or 100 properties. So right, £8,000 a month, that's fine. We're going to add on corporation tax back onto that. So we'll make that £10,000 a month net profit the business needs uh, needs needs to make. Then we're going to scale that back up to go, right, well, how, how much can we spend on a team? What's our gross profit? What's our um, variable cost? And then what's our sales? You almost do the calculation backwards and that then tells you how many rooms you need. It might be you actually need 50 rooms as opposed to 100. But it's like we do it backwards as opposed to forwards. And it's like the when we talk about the top line, that's the ego talking. That's people getting a bit, um, oh, I want to tell people I've got 100 rooms. I want to tell people I own 100 properties. Bottom line is very much like what you actually want to achieve. And we work that out based on what, you're, what you want your lifestyle to look like. Yeah, thinking with the end in mind. And I think it, for anyone who hasn't done that exercise, it's it can be a game changer to actually sit down with a spreadsheet, pen and paper, whatever, and work out, uh, you know, what your expenses are, what do you need to cover every month? And, you know, if you've got the luxuries as well and, uh, and eating out or whatever, but what is that number? Uh, it can be very freeing, can't it, to, uh, to actually nail that right down to the penny almost? 
and it's not normally actually that much yes well, it depends on your definition of what a lot is but generally like most people come into the world of, of property going that they want uh, to earn ten thousand pound a month income where that cut what like passive income where that comes from i don't know but it's um i'd say if you got there like you you'd um that'd be high like for, for the majority of people well we're, we're both from the northwest to be fair uh <laughs> but for the majority for majority of people i think that's quite high like generally whenever i do it with clients it's probably like three to seven thousand pounds a month and like that kind of three is normally the basic seven is more like that with that upgraded holiday one of their kids goes to private school or whatever um and that tends to be where people where people sit and it's actually quite easy you know i don't want people to um get upset that i'm saying this easy but to earn 60 to 100,000 pounds from a trading property business if you get a business model right it's not actually too difficult to do it's actually quite straightforward and if you manage your portfolio well and buy wisely once again it's not too difficult to do so it's actually very achievable it may not be tomorrow it may not be you know next year if you start from, from zero but in two three to five years very achievable to make to make that happen yeah I, I think you're right there I think if people have got like a five-year time scale in mind like you know don't be kind of lured into the uh you, you know this kind of overnight success of just kind of changing yeah. your life overnight but actually if people have got a a slightly longer term and five years is very realistic to you know get out of the day job to restructure your portfolio or or the business um and and then you're you're not rushing all the decisions then you're actually taking things into account um absolutely in the long term so it and you, you know if it, you were mentioning a few things there about all the possible things that you could do and how people can get very overwhelmed and as you said it's not always the case that people don't know what to do they in fact they do um but how do you decide where to start then you know you, you're looking at essentially a mess of like people's businesses where they haven't got things recorded down properly or uh, you know they're just not aware of the numbers for whatever reason so um is there a sort of methodical approach of okay you always start here or is it everyone's different and and you just uh you know, yeah take their lead so if you've not got um financial clarity that's always the place to start so there's kind of two steps in anything I do there's always always kind of two steps the set one is financial clarity yeah so what do you mean by financial clarity so financial clarity to me means monthly performance accounts and what I mean by that is on a monthly basis somebody should produce for you a profit and loss a balance sheet and a cash flow forecast for each of your respective companies now that can get into more depth like for example in a property company you may want a profit and loss for each property uh, in addition to the the consolidated but I'm, I'm just going to try and keep it really really simple what that allows you to do is just basically get a view a very very good clear view on the actual finances of your business so how much money did you, so if you think about those three reports PL profit and loss is your past so what what happened last month in terms of performance so how much money did we make or how much money did we lose what was our sales what was our uh, gross uh, profit what was our net profit um a balance sheet is uh, now, so it's your present. So that's what's our, it's basically statement of financial position. So if I were to sell my company now, what would I get? What's my, what are my assets? So my my properties and what my liabilities, my mortgages, my debt, and what's my net asset value? Net asset value is basically saying, it's like your position. If you were to sell your company, that's what the company would theoretically get. Cause you sell your assets, pay off your liabilities, and that's what would be left. And then the future, so you got your past, which is PL, present, which is your uh, balance sheet, future is your cash flow forecast. 
to basically say, right, for the next three, six, nine, 12 months, how does my, what is my, based on what I'm looking to achieve, how, how does my cash actually look like? And on mine, it's just got cash, cash, cash for the future, any large spends, any profit from the business. Uh, and down the bottom, you've got your, your, essentially what your bank balance is predicted to be. And red is bad, green is good. Green means there's money in there. Red is, uh, there's, there's a hole there that needs to be plugged, which is really common. Like red's not necessarily a bad thing. You're buying three properties in three months time. You may not, may not hold the money right now, but it's just knowing about that now. So you're right. I've got three months where I need to raise £65,780 because I need to raise that for an investment and plug it in um, at that point. So that's what, if you've, if you've got that on a monthly basis, I'd say you've got financial clarity. There are a few kind of elements I would add into that, but it might be going to it too far. But what I, what I would also suggest is you need... Um, I would, I would want this to be being done by somebody that's not in your business. And what I mean by that is I would always have my accounts being produced by somebody that's outsourced. Your business will always be noisy. It will always be busy. There will always be peaks and trust. Your accounts and your finance is always important, but it's never urgent. There's so many people listening to this that, that will be sitting there going, I, you know, I've been meaning to set up zero for two years and I always get around to it and I never, I never get it done. Or I've been meaning to get a bookkeeper for four years and it just never happens. It's the most important thing, but it's never urgent because you never need a PL. Well, you do, you just don't know it. You never need a PL. You never need, need it. As long as you can log into your bank and just check your bank balance and you see there's money in there, you're like, right, we're all right, we're okay for now. <laughs> so that's the way most people operate. So it's always important, never urgent, which is why I really suggest that you get somebody else, an external company, to manage that process for you. And it's, it's much easier than you think with, with like online, online cloud-based software and, and virtual work and everything that we have now. It's actually it's very, very straightforward. So what you need, you'd outsource it because there will always be noise in your business and that noise will always stop that production getting done. And you need that on a monthly basis um, without fail. Just 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 final point on it is where I, get, where I like to get people to, where I am at and where most people can get to once you've run this for a period of time is oh, now, I now have, and I'm trying to get this down to five minutes, five minute loom video um running through all of my finances per company so it basically takes me through the five five minute p l uh balance sheet cash flow uh five minute from my finance manager where at what's happened and you can do that with budgeting because basically just saying did you do better against budget did you do worse and what's the reasons for that that's where i think is like the that's that's where you should that's where you should everyone should aim to get to and that is that's financial clarity and that's that's very leveraged very effective means of managing all your finances well I'm so glad that you just clarified all that for for people listening because you know especially for people who've come into property through um you know the day job they might not necessarily have got that business experience or the acumen to actually understand you know what the numbers look like and how to how to how to read the numbers as you say you know you just log in and look at your bank statement and if there's money there great um but having that clarity and especially when people you know they grow the business quickly or they've got a larger portfolio where all the money's going into one account and all of the expenses are coming out and you know and especially you know you're saying you're buying property you might be buying three in a month and the the cash is coming in and out very quickly it's really difficult to actually see you know where you're at and pinpoint that over time um you know if you're in a a strong position or not but um the the biggest risk uh people investors face uh is growth like growing your company growing your portfolio is it's just such a dangerous game and the reality is like me when i was when i was growing my businesses 
it's like you're accounting your finances like the last thing you think about because you're busy growing it's like getting another deal getting finances and it's and it's chaotic i would implore anybody if you if you, if you listen to any podcast with anybody that's done some incredibly well i was listening to um Dario CEO and there was a guy that started uh Gymshark on there who's created like a multi-billion pound company growing rapidly I would say what would you have done differently if you if you did now I would invest in finance and operations from 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 the start as opposed to waiting waiting until I needed to they also everyone always says it and it's like there is a reason for that it's because it's so easy to grow yourself broke like I, I the amount of companies I work with now where it's like they've got this amazing portfolio you go you, you would give your right arm for this portfolio you'd be like that is amazing. Like, cause the headline numbers that you see on Facebook is 5.2 million portfolio, this amount of cash flow, all sounds amazing. But then you look at the debt that they've used to achieve that portfolio and all this debt is at tw- 10 and 12%. Yeah. And they've got a 3 million pound worth of debt, 10 and 12%. They actually have no equity within that portfolio because it's all privately funded. And the interest payments are killing them, like actually struggling, like fighting to make these interest payments every single month from this debt. And it's like, that's because they've just forward funded that growth. So if you're planning on going on a growth journey this year, like, and you don't know what your, like your financial situation is now, I would, I would bet a lot of money on the fact that you get to the other end of that growth journey and it's probably gonna be less money in that pot than you, than there was before. And you're going to be, you're going to overstretch yourself and it's, there's going to be like a recovery, uh, recovery process on the other side of that. I hope there's not, I hope you proved me wrong, but everybody I know that, that's done it has all has experienced it. And the amount of companies I've, I've had, I've worked with 100 companies or so now, and every single one I look into, it's not always the case, but nine times out of 10, when there's been a big growth journey, I mean, that's when people reach out because they've created this monster and there's no money. And they're, and they're like, like, what do I do now? It's much, much harder. If you can just go out and buy, just go and buy, instead of buying 30 properties this year, just buy three really good properties. Like that, that is the way to do it. Yeah. Easier said than done to rein yourself in and control the ego, though, I think. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think there's that kind of misunderstanding that more is better when actually less is more, right? Correct. So, um, and, I, you know, I like what you said about understanding the numbers so that we can, uh, you know, really figure out what we want. And for most people, the goal isn't to work, you know, 80 hours a week. It's to work those four hours a week if it's possible and still have the lifestyle that you want. So to kind of just, you know, sum up how much is it that you um you know when you're working with people is it really obvious that people are growing the business because they want that lifestyle and they're actually willing to uh, sacrifice that next property because they can see that it's you know it's not actually not necessarily worth the extra um the cost and the hassle that they can adjust their goals because they um or adjust their property goals because they can see the lifestyle goal is you know is more important to them yeah it's 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 I know, I know you're, you're asking basically how in practice, when, when we know that you can buy less property, you'll probably achieve the same result. Are people happy to do that or not? Yes, exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was writing, a, um, I'm, I'm writing a book at the moment. So, so keep an eye out for it. It'd probably be a while to get it, to get it launched. It's harder, harder than you think uh, to write a book, but the, um, I was writing a whole, a whole a chapter on this this morning about what do you actually really want? So, so what do people actually want to want to achieve? And I think everybody wants a lucrative leveraged lifestyle business. And that's what I talk about. Lucrative in the 35% margin plus. Like that just means you're, for every pound of revenue you generate, you've got about 35 people for profit. That's a very healthy place to be um, in, in like the UK economy and in the, in the global, uh, global economy. Leveraged means you can work 
as little or as much as it on it you as you want and that just means basically you just got that team that that group of people that do the, the jobs you don't enjoy doing just do the bits you enjoy and lifestyle is then your life comes first so i don't normally work till about 10 a.m in the morning because i spend time with my with, with my with my daughter uh, I'll, like after this podcast it'll be about three o'clock I, I won't have much to do and I'll, I'll finish i'm not working mondays and fridays and it's got a nice four-day weekend it's like that's not that's the lifestyle I want now. It's not going to be the lifestyle I may want in six months. And, and that does change, but it's like, what lifestyle do you want? And that business should, should work around that lifestyle. So I believe that's what people actually want. Um, the, 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 the constant thing you're fighting with is the ego. The ego is perception of self. It's like, it's what do I want to project in, in, into this world? We all do things for our ego. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like I probably if I didn't have an ego, I probably wouldn't have said yes to this podcast because this is public. You know, it's, it's like I want to be perceived in a, in a certain way. You might not have done this if, if you didn't have, have an ego. We've all got an ego and, that, and that's fine. But where the ego doesn't serve us is where it becomes around more, more and external things that are going to make us happy and external things that are going to make, make our business a business better. And I think what I've noticed is when people are on this journey and they have not necessarily achieved the level of success they need, they, they, they want to achieve yet, it's much harder to rein people in. So when, and I, I was, I'm a good example of this, when um, my business weren't doing very well, they're unprofitable. I would probably talk about how I, I would like my, the only thing I felt like I could control or have an impact on was growth. So what I do is I'd say, right, it's not working now, but next year we're going to double in size and then, then it's all going to work. Because I felt like that was the, the thing that I could latch on to. People always say, you'll, you'll hear people say it now, now I've said it, people go, next year, oh, I'm going to buy three more properties and then I'll be there and then I'll be done. Or, I'm going to buy 100 more properties. I'm going to buy this. Or, I'm going to grow by 20% or I'm going to get the company to a million pounds and then, and then we'll be there. The reality is very few of those people have ever considered what's going to happen to the bottom line when that happens. So now it's much more of a focus on that point. So when you... When people get to a point where where they they understand they've they've done that for a number of years and it's not and it's still not working, they have that realization, or they get to the point where they're flat out exhausted, they're just willing to try something else. And the the value in this is that when you actually when you actually get somebody to commit to what they actually want to achieve, so when they actually say, right, I want to earn, I know my number, and I, I don't share this very often, but I know I need seven six eight seven or something like that, seven thousand six hundred eighty seven pounds per month, and if I have that. I literally have everything I want. Like I, I don't, need, I don't need for more. I'm happy. Like dream lifestyle, house I want, family I want, time I want. And when you start then going right, well, that's the number I want to achieve, and I can build build the business round, and you, you get people bought into that number, and you can, then they can see how tangibly that's going to work by doing all of these things. And then when you then show them, instead of buying that extra unit, instead of bringing on those extra five units, let's put the price up here. Let's reduce our costs here. Let's turn this, this um, full-time person into a part-time person. Let's do this. People can then start, it starts to click because they understand that bottom number. And I think the reason why people are so hell-bent on that top number is it's easy to understand. It's very quantifiable. It's very easy to see. People can be batting their head against a brick wall for six months trying to make a profit. But that is the game you want to be playing. I would say stop playing the growth and the income game, play the profit game. And that's the game you want to be playing on. So when you start to play that profit profit game, that size, company size, that number of units, it just stops mattering. And you, you just stop caring about it because the bottom line that is, is all that really actually adds any value. So like, do you think Warren Buffett actually cares how big his portfolio is? He couldn't care less. He just wants to know what returns he's getting. It's like the ego wants to know how big something is and wants to tell everyone how big it is. 
they, they, the, the smart person is looking at that bottom line, going, right, how do we actually get that? How do I do is as little as possible to achieve the maximum result there? So if I could, if you get like one property and earn 10,000 pounds a month or have 50 and earn the same, like what would you rather have? Yeah. <laughs> it's obviously the yeah. first one, but yeah. people don't, people get caught up in the 50 and, and telling everyone I own 50, 50 properties. And that, that's the challenge that you're always kind of battling against. It's not easy. Yeah, I think that's such a, a great example because people don't realize that actually it is, you know, it can be possible to gain, you know, to to get the same income from one deal, one property um, oh, yeah. than a few put together. So, yeah, it's uh, I think just stretching people's imagination and enlightening them on what is possible is like really important as well. It's so. not easy, though. I'm doing it. My, I'm, I'm restructuring a lot of my portfolio at the moment and it's like. I'm still latching onto things that I bought a while ago because it's like it was my first house or so no, but I like having it in that area. But financially, it doesn't make any sense. So it's like it's not. It's really not an easy process. But that's why you need somebody. I think you need somebody that's objective. They can look at it and go, mm, you, I, "It doesn't really matter." I think just sell sell that one, or you just need that person that can that can support you within that because it's just you're so caught up in it. It's, it's it's what we do every day. We love it. You just yeah. need somebody else to, to give you that support. It doesn't have to be me. It just needs to be somebody that's objective, that's got a bit, bit of a business head on and that can kind of give you that feedback. Yeah, I think that there comes a point where, you know, in, in, when people are growing the property business where they actually just think, do you know what, is this worth it? So that, that next house, it, like for me, I'm looking at one at the moment and I just think, like, is this really worth that extra income? Like, it's really got to be a bit of a no-brainer at this point because, you know, you don't actually need it um, because, you you know, you've hit your, your targets and your goals. So, like, why am I actually doing this? So if you can tie it into that lifestyle and with the clarity of the business goals as well, it's I think that's a sweet spot. And you're in a place now as well. Now you've got a little one too. It, like, it, adds, it adds a total of a dimension to you, to the value of your time. Yeah. It's no longer, oh, if I do this, I, if I buy this deal, you know, I'm, okay, it's not quite as much money as I wanted, but, um, you know, it, it's fine. It's like, well, now also I'm going to have to spend the time doing it. And it's not that I could be spending time doing something else. It's like I could be spending time with my family. And that, to me, that totally rocketed, like the way I spend my time and, and, and how I use it, which is generally a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like I thought I had a sense of urgency before I had a child. And now it's like, <laughs> wow, that hour is like super precious. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, um, that's a probably a good place to wrap up. Let's tell us a bit about, you know, your training and are you taking in are you taking on new clients at the moment? Or, you know, is there a kind of start point during the year that people have to sign up with? Always have to have a conversation. Like generally, I, I am I am booked up with Ultimate FD clients, and um, the other service I have is Fast Track Financials. So if you're in a place where you you got you don't have zero, or you you're in, you've had that zero login for five years and done nothing with it, you need that you need that team. Are you laughing because you're in that place? <laughs> uh, I definitely was in that place for a while. Yeah, <laughs> um, set up in theory. Fast Track Financials is basically where we we we. We, we get it all clear for you, get it all set up and get you an outsourced finance team that can manage that for you. So Fast Track Financial has got some space intake from the 1st of March. Ultimate FD, it's just more of a reach out and ha- I'm happy to have a chat. I only really like to work with a set number of clients and, and if I feel like I, I could genuinely help them, we can see uh, some value uh, in their business. More than anything, I just I, I was happy to do the podcast. I just like talking about this stuff. I think it's um, more people need to, need to know about it. They need to start thinking about the kind of profit game as opposed to the income game. And it makes people very happy and it creates these wonderful businesses that actually work for people as opposed to work like them being trapped and working against them. 
yeah it's a, a different type of conversation that I see you having with people of you know the the focus on the profit rather than the uh you know just the high level numbers it's uh, and, and also you know a lot of what you do is you know put out the content there ask great questions and make people think about their own business and what they want to achieve and how just how clear they are on their own business so uh, that's great I'd encourage anyone to to follow what you're up to um where can people find out where's the best place for people to find out about you and uh your business best thing to do is to just follow me on facebook josh keegan is the is the name that's where i'm kind of most uh most active and yeah i, I would love for you to come board um and just uh yeah engage it, it does, what, what michelle said there about the fact that well, i'm having a different conversation um because we're talking about profit it it should be mind-blowing to most people that more people aren't yeah. because that's the only thing that actually matters in this uh in what we're doing yeah so yeah come come be involved get engaged in there and uh yeah keep an eye on what we're up to and hopefully i can help you at some point in the future fantastic well thank you so much for your time today josh it's been uh, really useful and uh, really valuable content uh sharing with people so thank you okay and for anyone who is not yet a subscriber to the magazine please click the link in the show notes for your free 30-day trial and uh, that's all for today we'll, we'll see you next time thanks guys bye thanks josh Thank you.